What's up, everybody? Pathland here, and welcome to episode 1161 of Ask Pat 2.0. You're about to listen to a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you. And today we're talking with Matthew Garonsky, or Mr. G, as his students call him. He is a music teacher who has gone online, who now helps also uh, other music teachers. And he's been doing this on the side, but he's considering going full-time. And this is exactly what today's discussion is about. And we go through a number of different thought experiments and ways that we can consider when might be the right time to actually go full-time with this. Is it even something that we should even do? And so Matthew and I discussed this together, and there are a lot of great learnings out of this. And hopefully you can imagine yourself, if you also still have a nine-to-five job and something that you might want to leave one day, that uh, you can work yourself through a lot of the exercises that I take Matthew through as well. Uh, I just want to let you know up front that I had some microphone issues within this episode, so you'll actually hear me on a microphone that's not super great, but Matthew actually sounds tremendous, so just keep that in mind. My apologies in advance, but you can still hear the conversation and get the gist because what's most important is the transformation. So hopefully you'll be transformed as well. Here he is, Matthew Garonsky from MatthewGaronsky.com, G-A-W-R-O-N-S-K-I, MatthewGaronsky.com. Here he is. Matthew, welcome to Ask Pat 2.0. Thanks so much for coming in today. Yeah, so happy to be here. I'm excited to get to know you and help you out. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got started with that? Sure. I'm a music teacher from Long Island, New York. I've been teaching for a little over 11 years. I'm also a composer on the side. And about four years ago, I started self-publishing my sheet music online. I started my own website. And in trying to drive traffic to my website, I started creating these uh, memes, <laughs> some video memes, some photo memes, and a couple of them actually went a little viral. So I figured out some ways to, to drive traffic to my website and sales started growing. But the issue is always with sheet music is it's limited to the, the voicings. You know, I'm, I'm a choir teacher, so there's only so much music you can really sell. So I, I decided to make uh, digital resources specifically for music teachers. And I created my first video choir warm-up and teachers love it. And I just gave it away. And I started researching different entrepreneur resources like like you, your show, and, and some others. And I started building an email list. And the email list really started working. And I started creating more resources. And a couple of years later, and this all started only about like two years ago, going into digital resources. And just this past year, things have just blown up tremendously in a good way. <laughs> I think partly with the nature of COVID and online learning, a lot of more music teachers are using online digital resources. And so my website has just really just blown up. So I'm, I'm super excited. And that that brings me here to the show right now. Dude, that is epic. What wonderful job and, and way to, to go. That's, you know, music holds a special place in my heart being in marching band for over nine years, including college and wind ensemble, jazz band, pit orchestra, even a steel drum band. Never did the choir thing. I don't have <laughs> that kind of voice, but that's super cool. So I, I, I'm really attached to sort of the work that you do and the fact that you're online now and you're sharing this. I had a business idea a long time ago for people in marching band because one of my favorite things in the marching band and later on when I went to Cal, I was the student director and I was always looking for fun music for the band to play. And our favorite thing to play in the stands were like, you know, top 40 billboard type stuff and nobody was creating this. And of course the internet wasn't as prevalent as it is now. Right, right. And I just, it was one of those ideas. I was like, you know, I think that would work. I just, you know, didn't have the time or didn't know how to do it or wasn't really an entrepreneur at the time, but sheet music. I love it. Fantastic. 
tell us the website and, and where we can find you really quick before we dive in. Sure. It's just my name. So it's Matthew Goronsky, G-A-W-R-O-N-S-K-I.com. Nice. That's awesome. And so what can I help you with? Like what's on your mind these days? Yeah. So a couple questions. So I'm trying to separate the explosion of growth that I had this past year and, and trying to understand like realistic expectations for the future. So I love teaching music. I love writing music, but I think, you know, on a deeper level, like I believe people like human beings are created to create. I've noticed that like, I'm just, I love creating things and I have so many ideas and I would like to eventually in the future, possibly leave teaching and pursue some of these other ideas of creating digital resources and other things. So I guess my first question is like, what are the metrics I should pay attention to, to know when I'm ready to leave my full-time job? Right. Well, this is a great question. And it's always sort of a reverse engineering of where you want to go, right? So there's going to be a lot of internal conversation that you're going to have to have with yourself in terms of, you know, what would be comfortable for you? You know, if it's an income situation, what's that particular number? And it's interesting because when I talk to a lot of people about, you know, the things that they want to create as an entrepreneur and what their goals are, they're like, oh, I want to reach, you know, I want to be, a, I want to have a seven figure business. I'm like, okay, like that's, you know, a million, a million dollars. And, and that requires a certain number of customers and work and work and effort, et cetera. But what do you really need? And like, oh, what do you mean by that? Oh, well, like, tell me what your perfect day is like, right? And so now we're getting into, okay, well, how do you, like, if you could, like, Matthew, if, if, if I were to just ask you, like, up front, like, if you had a DeLorean, if you had access to a DeLorean, and you can go to any point in the future, and you see yourself, and you are, you know, the, the day is exactly what you would want it to be, like, when would you, like, how far in the future would you go? And what would you be doing? Wow. What would you see I yourself doing? Yeah, I love questions like this. This is great. Um, <laughs> well, I, I teach middle school, so I try and get my students thinking with questions like this too. Oh, okay, well, right back at you then. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I think I would probably go maybe about three to five years in the future, and I could totally see myself creating more of these resources, not just for music teachers, but for like teachers in general. Also, I'm, I'm pretty connected with, with my church and I've actually been creating a lot of, you know, since COVID hit, you know, our, our church like wasn't able to meet and especially for the kids, like my wife and I created this like puppet show called Max and his Monkey, which I was actually working on right before coming here. So I, I just love creating things. So I could see myself like, if call it a nine to five, working from home, creating things, figuring out how to market them online, specifically for teachers and, and beyond, basically. Awesome. Okay. Let me do another exercise with you if that's okay. We're going to go into the DeLorean, you know, I'll, I'll drive it since I know how it works, and, but you can come with me. And we're going to go, same timeline, we're going to go five years into the future. And we go to where you are, and you see yourself, and you're still working the same job that you have now. How would you feel if you saw that that was the case? Hmm. I don't know if I would say disappointed. You know what? I, I you know, I, I believe our future is in God's hands, and like, I could see a whole slew of possibilities. To be honest, I could see myself still doing the same thing that I'm doing now, maybe on a slightly larger scale, you know, depending on how things grow from here on out. But yeah, I, I could see myself being a little disappointed in five years if I was still in the same exact situation. But it's not, you know, that's not like a huge letdown, I guess. Right, right. Okay, so let's keep going with this. Let's say you are able to chat with yourself and there's no broken space-time continuum. The universe doesn't explode when that happens. And you ask, hey, like, you're still doing the same thing that, that I'm doing right now. Like, what happened? And if you heard yourself say, well, I just never, I just never gave it a shot. I was, I was too afraid. Then right. how would you feel? 
Yeah, that that would probably be yeah, that would be disappointing. That would be disappointing, right? Yeah. What if you instead said, you know, I tried it, I gave it a shot, I gave it a good run, but you know, it didn't work out the way it did, but you know, I I could always fall back on this and then, you know, I'm still happy. How would you feel then? Yeah. To be clear, Pat, like I'm I guess I'm the type of person like I I kind of roll with the punches, like especially like the nature of being a teacher, like you know, kids can go crazy in a split second. So you kind of have to think on your toes. And that's like, you know, I'm adaptable. So, you know, I could see it going either way, I guess, to be honest. Cool. Okay. That that was a lot of fun. I'm just trying to learn a little bit more about how you think and how you feel. And this is, this is all good. And hopefully even just these exercises are helping paint a picture of like how we can reverse engineer that. I'd love to ask you what you're afraid of, like in terms of, you know, making the decision to move into a different space and and sort of what might be holding you back or what is holding you back? Yeah, great question. You know, as a teacher, like one of the the nice things is it's like, it's a definite income, you know, (laughs) medical benefits, you know, I have two kids, a wife and another baby on the way, you know, and we're a one income household. So I, I need to be strategic about this. And that's also related to like one of, one of, I guess, another question, which is like, I've spent so little on ads, you know, in terms of like scaling and trying to predict the future of my business. You know, I, I just don't know. Like, it, it, I feel uncertain because, you know, your typical online business, they'll say, all right, this is how much I spent on ads. And I think if I, you know, inject this much capital into the business, then I'll get this much of a return. And to be honest, like, I looked at my numbers and I think I've spent like less than 3% on my ads and I'm mm-hmm. coming close to the income from from this business by the end of this year will probably be like I would say 80 to 90% of my actual income as a as a music teacher which is great I'm super That's thankful awesome. but I don't you know like I, I don't know if this is just the nature of this year you know what I mean or mm-hmm. uh, or how to predict this in the in the future so so I, I you know what if if I can just ask you you know do you think it's worth pursuing ads like with more, you know, of 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 my income because I can kind of see the scalability of of future sales? You know, is is that worth pursuing? To me, that's not why we do ads. And 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 I'll I'll talk more about that in a sec, but I I was going to go with, well, how much would you say that we at Team SPI spent on ads this year? with a revenue of almost $3.5 million. How much money do you think we spent on ads? If, the, if you know that that's how much we make. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I'm totally in the dark here, but I would guess, I don't know, 20, 30%? I don't know. Zero. Wow. Wow. Zero dollars. Because like you, you're building relationships with your audience. You're on these content platforms. See, here's the thing. With ads, typically, we think of ads as ways to reach people who don't know about us yet. And we always feel like we have to get new people, right? We have to keep feeding the funnel in order for us to get paid on the other end. But the cool thing is the way we approach our business is let's have it from a serve first approach. So with the people who we have in our audience, how can we best serve them? We could make more money by helping one person in three different ways that they, that solves three different problems that they have versus just, you know, one thing that we create that can, you know, we try to bring the whole world into, we're creating our own little world. And within that world, we're creating super fans who then can grow our business for us. The hard part, like you said, is it's not necessarily quote unquote predictable. And the way that we've been able to combat this, and we've done this just this past year, is we've created a membership. This premium membership that we have called SPI Pro has added an additional $300,000 ARR, which stands for you know annual run rate, which means that that, because it's a monthly payment and there are members and there is a predicted amount of people who we can bring in based on certain you know, baseline numbers that we have and a certain number of people leaving every month, 
we can then now have some sort of prediction and and that's feeling really good. So to solve that issue of sort of predictability, you can have something like a membership site where you have a certain number of members and then your job is to then grow that and that can increase the sort of baseline monthly revenue that can come in from there. And that's a very safe type of business model to feel confident in in terms of, well, I just need to keep members in in order to continue this income. And it's you can there's an expectation of how much you might make. I remember when I first started for example, I created a ebook to help people pass an architectural exam. And it was a $19.99 ebook. And I had sold, you know, several thousand of them. But every month I was like, well, I got to get new people in every month. And so how is this going to happen? And the way that I kept it going was just I kept showing up. And as long as I remained sort of somebody that was on top of people's mind when it came to, oh, who should I go to to sort of help me with this exam? Oh, just go to Pat Flynn's website in the lead.com. It was always coming. And that's before I had an email list. Now that you have an email list, you have essentially some sense of business insurance because you have now a group of people who you could go back to to solve other problems or to see what their struggles or challenges or needs or wants or desires might be. So it's, yes, not as predictable as a sort of teacher job or any job that's nine to five. You work this many hours, you get paid this many hours. But the other truth is, there's only so much upside in that, right? And the bonuses that come in at the end of each year, if they come in, and the raises that you have in the promotions can only take you so far versus if you have an online resource that helps 100 people, well, what if you just add another zero? At, you know, it helps 1,000 people. It helps 10,000 people. And if it's especially like software, software is sort of the holy grail, it's just, it's unlimited in a way. I mean, there are variables, obviously, customer service and whatnot, but the more people you have in, but there's so much more upside and potential. The thing is, you know, the predictability can come with revenue models, like in memberships, or with the fact that you have super fans who are going to support you and be there for you. And that's kind of where the sense of security comes from is that, you know, I know that I'm helping people. And that always pays me back in some way, shape or form, whether it's a transaction, whether it's a share, whether it's a whether it's feedback or constructive criticism, you know, that's my thought on and reaction to, to what you said. Um, ads are great when, and we spend money on ads last year, and it wasn't to anybody cold. It was people who had once visited our website who we knew was interested in a particular topic. For example, they went to the sales page for my podcasting course. We can hit them with an ad and say, hey, like, come back here. There's a special deal going on. We don't have to like fight to introduce ourselves or earn trust. We've already earned it. It's just, here's an opportunity to get in right now. And that's that's where I feel ads are better and more well-spent versus just trying to use money to introduce yourself to new people. And it sounds like you're, you're beyond the need to sort of have new people find you. That kind of happened organically. Hmm. That was actually going to be my question in response to what you just said. So like, what is the trick to go from, you know, the adding that zero to, you know, to my, if you want to call it like a fan base, if it's not ads, is it, you, you said like being present does that mean, you know, expanding to like more social media? Like what, what, what do you mean by that? There's a number of different ways. So let's say that, you know, I get a hundred new customers every month, just like outside of what that product is or whatever. There's just a hundred customers coming in every, every month. And I know that maybe that came as a result of, you know, 10,000 people, you know, coming to the website. So for every 10,000 people who come to the website, I have a conversion rate of, of what is that? 1%. So I could either double the amount of traffic, which means, okay, well, I'll have to either increase my search engine rankings or get on another social media platform to bring more people in or, you know, be a guest on other people's podcasts. Like that then infers if I can get more people coming to my website, 
and everything else remains the same, then I know that my income will grow in, in that regard. That is one option. Another option is to focus on the conversion rates. So let's say the same amount of people come, 10,000. If I want to double my income, I just have to double from 1% to 2%. So now I can focus maybe instead on, okay, well, not growing my traffic, not SEO, that's foundational, and I'm not going to touch that this year. This year, I'm going to focus on my copywriting and crushing the objections people have before they you know, see the opportunity to get into my training program or my software or, or, or resources. It may be, you know, including testimonials and really getting into the story of those who I've served to showcase them and show proof that what it is that I have to offer is going to work. And then I can actually, you know, see those numbers and I can see, okay, now the numbers are increasing. Or when I send an email, get twice as many people to open the email, which means, okay, for the next month, I'm going to focus on just what email subject lines work, because that's the one thing people see before they click into an email or making people who open the email be more likely to click on the link. So then I'm going to study that. And I always come from a place of, okay, like where are there opportunities? Now let me learn about that. Who do I go to? Who's master that? What books can I read? What podcasts can I listen to that are all about that? And then I'm purposefully seeing those numbers increase. And then I can see the benefit of that on the outside uh, or, or at the end of that as revenue. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. So in terms of this sort of like, okay, so so one thing is just, confidence and comfortability of just, and I think you're right. I think we have to be maybe a little bit weary because this year is just a weird year, right? And so I think that, you know, making a decision tomorrow to quit might not be the right thing, but considering that, you know, in the future, maybe sooner than later, it does happen. But at the same time, there there's also typically sort of family or relational related things. And you said you had a kid coming and, and, and yes, you want those things to be taken care of. Money is a part of that equation. Have you had conversations with your significant other about perhaps this opportunity or your thoughts about this, or is this still sort of an internal conversation you're having with yourself? I mean, I, vaguely, I've I probably referred to it. Nothing like serious, because I think in all practical projections, I can't see myself leave. For sure, I, I would probably at least, you know, teach all the way through the next school year just to kind of see, like you're saying, you know, this, this year is a kind of an, an anomaly. So, you know, I would want to see how, you know, let, let's see how the business does next year at least before making mm-hmm. any kind of serious decision. Okay. I, I, I'm thinking out loud here. There, there's a couple things that are coming to mind. Number one, you know, perhaps getting some support from your significant other just to kind of know that what you're thinking. And, you know, sometimes that can be really encouraging and can help and make you feel like, okay, well, like you're not letting this person down or, or, or putting them in a state of fear if you were to do this. And so now you're kind of in it together. And that often can be can be helpful when you see that you have support. It's like sometimes super encouraging and you actually get things done faster or at least can start to have conversations that can be then avoided later. Secondly, this idea of, you know, quitting and going all in is often not necessarily the only option. Sometimes there might be some in-betweens, right? There's a book called Decisive by Chip and Dan Heath that talks about just, I don't know if it's humans or, or what, we just have this binary approach to everything, yes or no, black and white, right? Just, you know, either this or that versus, well, might you be able to maybe teach part-time, thus giving you more time to create and then kind of reverse engineering, okay, what might need to happen in order for that to be true? And if you take the DeLorean and you see that that's the case, like, would that make you happy? You know, so that there might be, other options available to you. 
Okay. That makes sense. It's, it, you know, it's just going to be an issue of time. So, which is why I think this is, you know, all the answers you're giving are, are super helpful because I'm still, you know, the, the future is unknown. Like no one really knows what, you know, right. what it holds, but like you, you were, you were mentioning before about like expanding, you know, doubling down on email and, and copywriting and stuff in terms of like media platforms. And, and also like, by the way, I'm blown away by the fact that, that you guys brought in three and a half million on like 0% ads. Like that's, that's a crazy thought to me. And also like, reassuring to me because I noticed that like I, I would spend money on ads and the the returns like I don't know I felt like I could spend my time you know whatever making these memes that would like go viral like I had a couple memes that like had over like a couple million views that's bringing in more traffic than like me you know spending money on these ads in, in, in any case like is there a like a particular like media platform that you think is, you know, better than another to pursue in terms of like expanding my base? Yeah, I mean, you're a creator. So this is just right up your alley. Mm-hmm. And you can have some fun with it, right? When you when you get on a platform. So for me, I'm I'm particular to podcasting, obviously. And as far as creation, you know, there's a lot I can do here. I can have conversations like we're having right now. We can even add some flavor to it with some music and structure and some fun. But honestly, like YouTube is also a really fun platform. And there's a lot more potential to find more people on YouTube than there is on podcasting. The thing with podcasting that I think is really interesting is that you can get really deep with individuals. There's just less individuals listening to podcasts versus watching video. And podcast findability is a little bit harder. But I love it because I'm in it for the long haul in terms of relationships with my audience, sometimes YouTube, I can get, you know, I have my, one of my top videos has 1.5 million views. And, you know, most of those people don't even know who I am. They just found it because it was a random search that they were looking for an answer for. Right. right? So there's, there's sort of those two things, but ideally I think a YouTuber who shows up and builds a relationship can be super creative and still solve problems and answer people's questions. You have a lot of room. And I mean, the fact that you mentioned you're doing like a puppet show thing, like, just screams YouTube to me in terms of visuals and, and, and script writing and, you know, education and entertainment and inspiration and motivation all, all wrapped in one. And with relation to music, I mean, audio plus video together. I mean, I, I, I guarantee if you were to do a little bit of research and just kind of look up things related to what you are interested in or excited about, you're going to find these creators who are just, they're called creators because they're, they're just creative and they're creating for others. And you can build an audience base there. And if you can attach that to the business in some way, whether it's at the end of the video saying, hey, if you'd like, like to join the program, you can get a free trial here or you can download this thing that's free here. And then you can include a link in the description. I mean, you have that plus the algorithm, which sometimes you create a video and just like your viral videos, it's like that platform just is like, yep, we want to show this to everybody today. And you can get a, a, a huge influx of traffic there. Plus, you have the opportunity to make money through AdSense on YouTube and not on a podcast. So based on what I'm seeing from you, plus I saw your video right before we, we, we hit record, like your video quality is amazing. You have all the equipment already. I could see you doing some really fun things on YouTube. Yeah, no, I'm, I really appreciate you saying that. And it's funny you say that just because like literally a week and a half ago, I just got monetized on YouTube. But the hey. story, yeah, the, the story behind that, though, is like I started the school year and one of my students noticed I had posted some like instructional video on, on my channel for the students to like watch. And they're like, hey, Mr. G, like you have a couple hundred, you know, subscribers. I was like, yeah, OK. And I started basically just sending out emails to my email list, you know, throwing them to to the channel. And it like a couple months later, you know, that so th- thank, thanks to my students, they saw the opportunity where I didn't. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So what, what do you think that means? 
You know, I've noticed, like I've been paying attention to a little bit more of the analytics on YouTube and I've been seeing kind of like what you're saying. Like I made some instructional video back like seven months ago or something that is still getting like a couple hundred views a day. And I think that that is also something that's driving traffic to my website. So it's something I I feel like I should probably like more consistently, you know, create video content for because... Cause I don't know, like, you know, like you're saying, like I could just have a video that just happens to stick with other music teachers and it's a, you know, great way to expand the audience. And even as a byproduct, if you have questions come in from your students, just go, Oh, go watch this video. And it's like, you've answered their question. They get to know you and, and they see the fun that you're having too. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a winner. I think that's, that's really interesting that your, your students sort of saw that. And, and then I pointed it out and, and then here we are. So that could be a thing for, for 2021. And of course, in terms of going back to your question earlier about like, what, how do I know it's time? Sometimes it's that it's that dollar amount, not just in terms of how much you're earning, but also a safety net. Sometimes a safety net can help you feel a little bit more comfortable realizing that, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take a year and I'm going to focus on this and see what happens and hopefully get to this goal. And if I don't, it's okay. I can always go back. That's the other thing. Just because you perhaps, you know, quit doesn't mean you can't ever go back either. So having sort of a safety net that you and your your family are comfortable with that you know that like literally if you were to make like zero dollars or or make very little you'd still be okay then it's like wow now i have full reign and full confidence that you know whatever happens it's going to happen for for the reason and, and god will make it turn out the way he wants it to turn out right so yeah yeah no i i like that and just just to be clear on that like just because i've heard from from different people like well, you want to make sure you have this, per, like, I think I've heard like 60%. If you can make 60% of your yearly income, then you're ready to like quit your job. You're, you're saying like, there's not an exact number. No, there's not. People like to put an exact number to it just so they have some sort of guidance. And I think that's okay. But I think it's a very personal decision that you're going to have to make with you and, and your significant other, obviously. And, you know, then maybe, and it sounds like you're very analytical and you kind of know these things already, but like really paying attention to, okay, well, how much are we spending on all these things that are in our life right now? And, and, and sort of like making sure you at least have that plus maybe savings goals or other things that are important to you that would be otherwise left behind if you left your job and making sure you still have that too for retirement or whatever. I mean, there's just so many different components. It's hard to just be like, you know, oh, 60%. I mean, everybody's different, right? So like what, like a one diet for one person is not going to work for another. So Matthew, we've gotten pretty deep today and we took some rides in the, in the DeLorean and we had some great conversation today. I'm, I'm really excited because, you know, I know that we didn't like land on a, okay, here are the next steps, one, two, three, but I think it's at least given you some, something to think about. How would you sum up sort of what, what you're thinking right now? Sure. No, I, I, yeah, Pat, I I really appreciate it. You know, I really believe like there's wisdom in in many counselors and like, I feel like everything that you're saying, like, I know you're saying, well, we haven't arrived on on one answer, but it's given me a lot of perspective. And I think if anything, it's kind of confirmed some things that I already thought and like that's super helpful. Like, I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Do you mind if we perhaps reach out to you in the future and and sort of catch up and, and get a, where are they now? sort of episode with you? Sure. Yeah. I'll be still, well, hopefully I won't be in the DeLorean anymore. So yeah, <laughs> good. no, no, that'll be, that'll be real time. So Matthew, thank you so much again. Uh, one more time, where can people go to follow what you're up to? Sure. It's matthewgronsky.com and you can feel free to email me at matt at matthewgronsky.com. That's G-A-W-R-O-N-S-K-I. That's right. All right. Thanks, Mr. G. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you. 
All right, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Matthew. Matthew, thank you so much again for coming on and wishing you all the best of luck. I hope this was helpful for not just you, but for also everybody else listening through. And I just so appreciate every guest who comes on the show who allows us to share these very vulnerable, very intimate conversations with the world because truly it's it's very helpful. And I hope, again, like I said, this inspires and helps you and helps you consider your path in the future too. So again, check out Matthew at his website, matthewgaronski.com. Well done. And if you'd like to get coached here on the show as well, all you have to do is head on over to askpat.com. You can find the application button there to click and then send us a little voicemail about what it is that you might need help with. And down the road, I might reach back out. I can't reach back out to everybody because there's way too many people. But truth is, if you don't try, it's not gonna happen because I'd love to help you. But hopefully these episodes help you too. So again, that's askpat.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show if you haven't already. We've got a lot of great episodes coming your way way and I can't wait to share them with you. So thanks again. I appreciate you. Take care. And as always, Team Flynn for the win. Peace out. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show. For now, at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, The Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.